Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot. Yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. Yeah. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike is supposed to be on assignment, but I've heard something about the plane charter going to Brazil. So I'm watching, and I just don't quite understand how somebody has a job. Uh, and yeah, so we're going to have to talk about that later. Yeah, I did look at it. As different people are watching these, these flight planes and see where they're going. I decided to get in the business as well. So I checked on Mike, and I like, Brazil? <laughs> Never mind. That's that's a different subject and a different question of the day. But Charles, just you know, since you run around here, cigars, cigar smoke shop houses, and you know, I think I thought I'd get into the party a little bit. You know, Brian, Fulford, AD Drew. I guess y'all can get in the party as well, since you know people doing the cigars after they win a game. I guess it'd be appropriate. Just just saying. Just saying, uh, as we think about these cigar shops here, uh, Slow Burn and Waco. With that being said, yeah, I like that, Drew. I like that. Welcome to episode 309 of Inside the HBC Sports Radio Show and Podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports institutions, large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture. HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. As I said, Mike is out on assignment, or at least that's what he's telling us these days. We will have none other than that sports rap group. That would be Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew, as we bring in these professors of the day. And they'll do double duty today, because make sure you check out their show tonight as they give you the other side of the world as we talk about HBCU sports, the sporting culture, as we love to call it, the sporting HBCU dash for HBCU sports pedagogy, as we coined it. We are filming from our home studios and sending the signal live, as we always do. And I'm in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Texas Southern represented really nice for half yesterday and gave each yeah. day a scare after a big win last week, but we'll get to see as they get in the conference play next week. We'll talk a little more about that on the second half of the show. But with that being said, let me ask Charles Bishop, how you doing today? Doing well, Dr. Bill. You know, one of the cool things about flying out of Jackson is uh, you got all these swag schools that are flying back out. Uh, so I ran into some Alcorn fans this morning, UAPB fans, one of the funniest things I heard. Alcorn fan, tell a UAPB fan, you know, if we didn't turn the clock off, Jarvis and Howard would still be running. So, <laughs> 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 I 
Yeah, and I don't know what it is about them two when they get together. It's something about the second half. It just flips the script. Man. Uh, so that's fascinating. With that being said, Brian Fulford, how you doing this morning? Uh, I'm a little travel weary, uh, and because of that, of course, I left my cigar somewhere back in Tallahassee. Uh, but uh, you know, that's I'm, probably because you smoked it. <laughs> <laughs> Between Tallahassee and Orlando, hey Doc, it was a, it was a long ride, long night on the road, man. It's not, not supposed to be an eight hour ride, but it, that's how long it was. Oh wow, wow. Get home, I but uh, pray, with prayers up for your safety as you got it done, and we appreciate you getting up early and joining us as we move around, man. That's what this team does. We get it done. AD, yes, Drew, I heard you were taking care of business yesterday and on the road. Uh, how you doing today? I see you got the cigar. Yeah, uh, 2 o'clock in the morning getting home for me. Actually, 2.30 in the morning from uh, Columbia, South Carolina, as I did play-by-play along with Jamie Walker, who did call it on the – Benedict Kentucky State game and fellas, I really should have two cigars because both my schools won on yesterday. They scared the living Jesus out of me, but they got the W. <laughs> hey, that's what it counts at the end of the day when you talk about these shit. It's just get the W because we yeah. are headed into October, which is homecoming time, which also means Dr. Cavill will have his midterm grades. And we'll see what these professors say as well. We'll give you a little time. That's a little couple of weeks away. We'll get into it and let folks get into some of the conference games. Uh, but, again, we'll do that more on the second half. We're going to do some reviews of what happened on Saturday, a lot of movement, a lot of statements made. We'll see what people's thoughts were in terms of what that looks like. In fact, let me go back to you, Drew, and just ask you, uh, as you celebrate last week's 700 victories, this week with both of your teams getting – man, you're going to be so cigared out. You're going to have to – invest in slow burn to make sure they give you a whole one of their big package of cigars <laughs> so you have enough of the going at this rate. But anyway, what was your biggest statement game of yesterday? The biggest win or loss? What stuck out to you? Which game or two was hot for you? First game that kind of stuck out to me would have to be at the CIAA where Union was able to survive Fayetteville, but Fayetteville uh, could I get over that hump with the CIAA North's supremacy. So that one would, would be one game that stuck out to me. Uh, a, a quick second would be just in general that we saw yesterday where teams that were the proverbial underdog had the leads early, had the leads into the second mm. half, but the, but the favorite team won out most of the time. I like that. Great breakdown on both of those. Let me go to you, Charles. Same question, different framework. What stood out to you yesterday? What Did anybody make a statement? Or were you like, hmm, didn't see that one coming? Uh, Prairie View definitely made a statement to me uh, with the win on the road at Alabama State. Uh, Swag West over Swag East getting that W. Uh, to me, that was big. Uh, also, I, I'm with A.D. Drew on this Um that uh, Virginia Union, Fayetteville State, that was uh, one that jumped out at me. And, and Fayetteville State, I mean, forever bridesmaid. They can never put on the bride's gown. So, I, you know, I kind of felt bad for them this morning because, you know, when Bowie State, you know, kind of came off the platform, I was like, okay, now it's the Broncos' turn. But Jada Bias says, uh-uh, not so fast. So, <laughs> Yeah, we always talk about Shivery Not Dead. Shout out to she. She say, she say sports. 
uh, sports co black college experience on those ladies getting it done in the business. Um, fascinating when you talk about the bridesmaids. Uh, I, 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 interesting concept there. Not quite getting to the altar. Yeah. With that being said, Brian, what stood out to you in terms of uh, the HBCU sports culture yesterday? Anything particular? Well, I think North Carolina AMT season has been saved and it's like Ooh. now now it can begin that was a big win at home against south carolina state uh 41 to 27 um you know offense seemed like it it got going lots of production and uh so for them you know they were you know a lot of people were questioning these last three weeks and uh you know you hear a lot of rumbling so to get that win Heading into the start of, uh, I don't know if conference play necessarily starts next week, but it's around the corner for them. That's a that's a big win to kind of kick off their season. So, uh, congrats to North Carolina A and T State. Yeah, I mean, I like that one. That was a good one too, and I watched it. And it was not just that A and T got the win. The way they got the win, they really pounded on South Carolina State. And other than maybe that first quarter. Maybe you could say in the second quarter, it wasn't close. They just kept beating on them and pretty much did what they wanted to do in all facets of the game. Um, it points out some of those questions that some people had about South Carolina State and their quarterback play. The two big interceptions in that game, every time it looked like South Carolina State defense really was prepared to make that statement, um, you would get an interception uh, that would really set up a &T to just continue to pound and make their statement. So great point well, there. And as you said, it, it does it does get into A&T's conference play to Bryant. What were you saying there, Charles? Was was Kendra Flowers hurt in this game? Because I didn't see his name in, in the stat line. I was curious about that. If anybody could chime in on that, because uh, I was looking. I, I noticed South Carolina State was not able to run the football, and I did, didn't see his name. Yeah, he must have been held out for some reason, whatever, because as I watched the game, it wasn't that he was getting stops or whatever. Like you said, he didn't even get the carries there. Um, they tried to run early, uh, just in general, and they couldn't really get pushed on that, uh, certainly for the offensive line. They just couldn't get the push. Uh, Shaq Davis, um, late in the game when they were forced to throw, he made some plays here and there, but as they felt they needed to pass more, just the inaccuracy. Uh, uh, of the quarterback play, got him in trouble. I mean, he, it was a couple of times when he threw some bad interceptions deep in his play of field where he was going into double, triple coverage, making mm. passes that some of the best uh, you would be nervous about them making the play in terms of just going into areas that you say, hey, that's not open in terms of what it looks like. So great question there, Charles. We'll have to take a little deeper dive to make sure that uh, we're on that. But from what I saw in terms of, just watching the game. I didn't go back into the stats and was looking for them directly to see if I missed over something, but I didn't see it. Shout out to Thomas Einstein, Maddox, George Suggs, Karen Griffin. She's excited about Langston being 4-0. I sure see why you would be excited about that. That makes sense. Chuck Hunt, Noel Price, uh, talking about that time bluff play in terms of, as Charles alluded off, uh, how it just continues to run. Uh, man. You're talking about big play to start the game, big play to end the game, big plays all day long. Michael Lee says good morning as he gets into it, as we get into it. Linda Johnson, <laughs> good morning. The Braves, yes, they made their statement. 
expect TSU to beat Bama stink next week. Oh, man, y'all already getting into next week? Uh, Theon Rodgers, boy, you got to love college football. You can't finish game on Saturday <laughs> night. Folks get to either putting out their cigars and their drinks as they excited or they start washing their tears away. And before the night's over Sunday morning, they ready. Hey, what's up for next week? Whether it's on planning to, for the, on to the next one. Yeah, exactly. It sets up perfect in terms of football, that weak hype that you get into. Shout out to Theron Waters. Bethune Cookman showed up and showed out. Yes, they did. Some people, they played Gramlin, played them out of their G on the helmet. Oh, I'm sorry. They went in the game purposely, didn't have the G on there. Different conversations. Oh, we'll see how oh. that works. <laughs> we'll see how that works. <laughs> Kevin Crawford, Ricky Burton. But in seriousness, we'll get into it maybe a little later. Uh, that game was close, and Grambling's leading at halftime. Second half, as you said a lot of times with the front runner, that might be the opposite of what Drew said where favorite was going in there getting it done. Mary Allen, yes, the Rallis was in the red zone twice and round up kicking two field goals. Talking about some particular plays, I see Q.U. Keller is in the house. George Suggs, he said, like most people say, Flowers was injured, did not dress up. Thanks for the update, George Suggs. Always getting us that type of ins- insight, particularly when it goes into the MEAC side uh, of things in a lot of ways and up there in the Big South area for all those programs on the uh, mid-Atlantic coast. PVB, Bama Stank, 24-15, Did you say uh, Bama Stank? Yeah, man. Okay, Aaron I just want to make sure I heard that right. That's, that's what he said. I was just saying. That wasn't me. That was Thomas Einstein Maddox bringing the art and heavy this morning. Let's get in our first break. We'll get back and do some breakdowns on specific matchups, get your day started, uh, some of these matchups, so we'll go into it live. Let's get into our first break. We'll be right back, getting into the second quarter. Support the Black College Sports Network so we can continue to provide you coverage. Go to myjbn.com slash support and be a part of the Black College Sports Let's get back to getting ticks instead of watching flicks. Before we can safely get out there, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit getvaccineanswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your crew. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. (laughs) We all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? Maureen is saving big holiday shopping at Amazon. So now she's free to become Maureen the Marrier. Food is her love language, and she really loves her grandson, like really loves. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. 
Press the analytic data with your hip hop If you know them like I know them They gon' tell you if your team If they wanna love laugh And who the ball so listen to Professor Yesa yes, and pay attention because he going to teach a lesson. Yes. Back, Doc. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBC Sports Lab. With the team, we've added B.J. Jones to the storyline. B.J. Jones. Just getting back in a little bit of it. What stood out to you yesterday? Which team? I think I know where you're going because we text a little bit. But which? what were the biggest statements yesterday before we get into some of these mid-major matchups? Um, North Carolina AMT is not dead quite yet. Um, it's going to take a little bit more work to get him up out of there. And um, you have to work to do it. Um, <laughs> Did he have to put in the night yet? He said they still in the hole. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't put the dirt on it. It's uh, it ain't trending well, but that you know they they made a statement yesterday with the win over South Carolina State. Um, Alcorn State is back to being Alcorn State, the Alcorn State that we remember um, mm. when that program was rolling, playing defense, running the football. Don't make it you know don't make it any more complicated than that. Uh, and then, you know, Alabama State and Prairie View, man. Prairie View just keeps uh, getting it done. And, uh, man, they were impressive in the way that they did it. And they created opportunities for themselves. So I think those were the three um, that really stuck out uh, uh, yesterday. Also, Benedict still undefeated 4 0. Don't forget about the Benedict Tigers. Yeah, great point. I think uh, you summarized it really well in terms of what the group said. So you picked up in a great spot. I'm going to go to. Uh, Charles, um, and really the whole team, we can break this down quickly if you would. Let's look in this top five matchups. You know how I am. I really get excited when we have these top five matchups, whether it's in the major division or mid-major division. Top ten are good, but when you get selected top five matchups, you're saying something because that's pretty unequivocal in most people's book. This was a number one Virginia Union Panthers matchup against a number five Fayetteville State Broncos, the two divisions, North, South, could be a preview to the CIAA championship game. We know what Virginia Union has done early in the season. Well, they get it done 31-28, a lot closer than maybe some people thought. Uh, 4-0 and in terms of Virginia Union as they improve to 2-0 in the conference race. Uh, they defeat and take down number five Fayetteville State Broncos. They can't quite get over the hump, as many have always said. They dropped to 2-2. Two and two. Overall, and one and one in the conference play, Charles, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup here with um, Virginia Union Panthers making somewhat of a statement and continue to get it done? Yeah, I think that was a, a big statement. Uh, anytime you only throw for 58 yards, uh, Jakari Grant, 8 of 20 for only 58 yards, and you still come out with the victory. I mean, Jada Byers is a man. I tell you what, 31 carries. <laughs> gosh, he closed in on another 200 yards. I mean, week in, week out, he's always getting a helmet sticker from me, uh, from what what he's doing. I mean, they are really pounding the rock. And I'm just, I, I like I told you earlier, I feel bad for Fayetteville State because I, I thought that, you know, this, this was kind of a statement game for them. They're playing them at home. Uh, they should have, I, I thought, be able to, to get the W, but you know, hats off of Virginia Union. Only threw 15 yards and still was able to come out with victory. I, that's that's a huge statement on the road. Again, as you closed out, going on the road, Brian, what are your thoughts in terms of being able to get a victory like that 
on the road. This is twice they've been road warriors against teams that were coming for them or teams that people thought they they should beat them. Yeah, exactly, Doc. I mean, Virginia Union is not scared about being on the road. And that was one of the things that that I think we're going to have to pay attention to as tough as their schedule is, uh, given that they play the quote-unquote top teams of the CIAA all on the road, I believe. They were down 14-0 in the first quarter. Didn't matter. They just, you know, tied it up by the end of the first quarter, then uh, at the end of the first quarter, rather, and then they got to the fourth quarter and and took over. You know, got a pick six, uh, picked off the quarterback three times total in the game. Uh, number one does what number one does. And so they are proving to be one of the top teams in the CIAA and in uh, the non-D1 rankings. Good point. B.J. Jones, go to you. You played the game, and you've been on a team, if I'm memory correct me wrong about being able to go on the road and get tough victories. Let me ask you from this perspective, what is it about a team that you experience that allows a team to have the confidence to go on the road in a tough environment and still come out, play really good football. And in this case, get the victory. But it's just a belief in one, one another that no matter what happens, you know, you guys are still in it. You know, when you've uh, been in those wars and you, you know, you trust the ability of the guy that's next to you, uh, and and the, and the guys, you know, on your squad, man. It, no matter what's going on, man. Uh, like like Coach Rich said, all hell can be breaking loose on the outside, but we we're calm and we're good to go. Uh, and and you got to have a mentality when you go go on the road. You know, um, uh, the the we we say, look, all these people smile and they want me to frown, uh, and that's the mentality that you want to have them. That you want to send people, you know, home upset that we can. And, you know, once you have that mantra and you have a team that believes uh, in the goals that you set forth, uh, you know, during the offseason, uh, man, you love to go on the road. And even when it goes bad, you know that you're still in it. Man, B.J. Jones up here quote me songs. They smile in your face. A.D. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, I know there was some special stats that you wanted to bring out here. Tell us what you saw uh, as we go deeper into the data dive dump. What you got? Through four games, Jada Byers has 777 yards rushing, triple seven Mm. through four games. Jada Byers is on pace to run for over 2,100 yards this season. Imagine that, 2,100 yards in 11 games. I'm I'm putting them in the uh, CIAA championship game in order to get to that 2,100 because that's what he would need. That they level like game it. to get to that uh 2100. And looking ahead to next week, their opponent, St. Augustine, is giving up 194.5 on the ground. Jada Byers can get that by himself. Yeah, great point when you put it like that. Let's get in and stick with you. Albany State and Clark Atlanta. Albany State just continue to do what they are. Top four. Team Albany State Rams, they've proven three and one. Uh, they defeat Clark Atlanta Panthers. Panthers get shut out. Look like they were doing and got that big win early in the season, but it looks like they have a little more work to do, or the Panthers are just what they seem to always be, even under this coach. I don't quite see it like that, but in terms of this matchup, Albany State made their statement as a top five program, shutting out um, Clark Atlanta on the road, if you would, 35 to zero. Drew, what are your thoughts? Well, maybe the balance of power in the SIAC has not shifted. 
<laughs> Albany State needed a game like this to get that defense back to the level that it was last year. You know, they've played some good games defensively this year, but they've had little small chinks and, and small breakdowns that has allowed them to give up touchdowns. First shutout of the season for Albany State. Remember, they had eight defensive shutouts last year. So back in the conference play, dominance is being reasserted. Yeah, I like it. Uh, he, he, he talked about Albany State just made it. Yeah, you think? Uh, going to Brian Fulford in terms of Charlotte, North Carolina, Irwin Belt Complex, uh, Eddie McGurk, Classic, uh, CIAA. Yeah, Lincoln, Pennsylvania. Charles said a little bit about keeping the eyes on them, man. Will this get them into the top 10? I'm not sure, but, hey, they don't care. They're playing good football. Two and two, one and one. They defeat Johnson C. Smith. Golden Bulls, who continue to struggle, 0-3, 0-2. Nip and tuck game, but Lincoln learns how to win these close ones. That's all right. 29-28. Brian, what do you think? Uh, I, I think that Lincoln should be celebrated. They should be dancing in the streets right now. Two and two through the first month of the season. They have not won more than a game since 2015. Going back and looking in the last several years, they've had one win, zero wins, one win, zero wins. I mean, I'm literally, we were talking a seven-year span. You had a couple of winless seasons in there. Here they are at two and two, one and one in the conference. Uh, got their first road win since 2009. Uh, they, they're doing it with freshman kickers, freshman quarterback doing some Hey, celebrate the Lions right now, Doc. Uh, you know, they beating the now look, let's be let's be real. They beating the the they beating up on who they needed to beat, which is the two lowest rated teams. And I'm sorry, Ram Nation, they they might be coming up on another one here next week. I had to say that. <laughs> hey, I, I'm telling you what, they got a chance to get win number three and be above 500. Now, that's the stat. I got to go deep diving and seeing when's the last time Lincoln was above 500 because that's what's coming up potentially uh, against uh, Winston-Salem State next week. And you, you, talk, to, you talk to any Ram, uh, Ram, uh, Ram Nation or Ram alumni, and they're probably very worried about next week's game. Yeah, all of a sudden they got worried. Talk about T.I. and motivation. Brian just puts it out there straightforward. B.J. Jones, let's tip back in and go up to West Virginia, Bluefield. This is SIAC independent, number six, Fort Valley State Wildcats. They improved to 4-0, and and they told Big Blue not so fast in terms of a top-10 program. 44-27, Big Blue playing well. Um, but they ran into the Wildcats that says, no, we really to let y'all know how we really play football over here at SIAC. What's your thoughts on this matchup, B.J. Jones? Man, I talked to uh, Coach Tony Coxum from uh, Big Blue yesterday. He said, man, we, we let one get away. Oh, wow. And, and I was just like, you know, Coach, I mean, if you look at the way that those guys play, uh, this Bluefield's second year as a program. That's right. Um, they played very well. Uh, the biggest thing that you can do with a loss like this, man, is, is take these lessons and, and, and build it. Um, you, you're, really, you're literally building it brick by brick right now. Um, and it's going to be a process for those guys up at Bluefield. But, man, Fort Valley keeps it rolling. 
Uh, then they 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 remain unbeaten, and I like the way that they're doing it. That run that run game uh, defensively, they gave up more points than they usually you know give up. You know that's okay, uh, but defensively, man, they they are very solid. So uh, shout out to uh, Fort Valley State, man. They they look like they're on a collision course. Uh, you look at Fort Valley, Benedict, and Albany State like they're on a uh, a three way collision course with each other. So we'll see how that, how that works out uh, in the upcoming weeks. Kevin Durham is a ball player. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good points, Charles. Uh, BJ Jones, man, that's why we call him the HBCU football guru. Now we're going to have to start calling coach when he add that little speech in there, man. <laughs> he ain't got me uh, talking about T.I. motivated. He got me fired up. Let me give a shout out to this group over here, Azar Group, um, Next Gen Technology, specializing in broadcast engineering. Some of y'all having questions out there in terms of your broadcast. This is a all black African-American group of folks that do production side of it. And you want to understand some of the television talking production side. This is another group you can talk about. Obviously we do a lot with BCSN as you saw this team out there in the field, but wanted to give them a little love as we continue to show everybody. Let's get into the second half of the show. Our second break. We'll come back on the other side with the major division, some big time matchups and games there. We'll see what these gentlemen think on what took place on Saturday and what stood out going deep into the matchup. And then we'll do our final segment where we talk about what you should prepare for next week. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. Your ad could be ran here. MyJBN.com backslash support myjbn.com backslash support for more information the new GMC Sierra with hands-free driving offers the most advanced and luxurious pickup in its class It runs. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. SlowBurnWaco.com. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. It's like a loot machine. Going around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love, love, and who the ball, who the ball. 
So listen to Professor Yesser yes, And pay attention Cause he gonna teach a lesson This is Dr. Ville inside HBCU Lab. I hope you enjoyed the marching sport at halftime as we got into it. It's back. You know, I tell you on the HBCU marching sport, there was some showdowns yesterday. We did get the matchup between Pine Bluff and Alcorn, and we'll talk a little bit on the field, but there was also a halftime show that was pretty delightful. We'll tell you on Thursday who uh, won that and how it affects the standings in the top 10 marching sport. Remember, you got to hit the road and travel in terms of March sports. Save up your coin. Call your alumni. <laughs> Tell them you want to do the HBCU family. You want to support your team. You want to be in the stands. You want to be a part of your team getting over the hump. Now, if you're not doing that and you're out there doing your thing and you're going to these classics and these band battles, I appreciate it. That is entertainment. But don't think you're going to get points in the HBCU Marshall Sport when your team needs you in the house and you on the road doing your thing. Either we want love together or we not. I'm just saying. I know. My fault. I'll get off of that window as we can. Let's get into the first big matchup. I call it the bonus major division matchup. It is out of the swag. Lorman, Mississippi, Jackson Stadium is the space where it went down. Uh, number eight, Alcorn State Braves improves to two and two, one and zero oh in the Western Division Conference race. So this game counts twice in a lot of ways. Defeats number six, Arkansas Pine Bluff Golden Lions. Not as bad as last year, but similar. Pine Bluff came out, played really solid. It actually went in the halftime with the lead, but then all of a sudden the Braves do what the Braves do in terms of the defense and running the ball, and they pull it out 38-21. And I'm not sure in the second half it was just this close. Let me yeah. go to you, B.J. Jones. You kind of touched on this a little bit. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup? I mean, we remember this ball game last year, uh, that Thursday night, Arkansas Pine Bluff got off to that big lead against um, Alcorn State. And for about an hour, Doc Gamble was the hottest coaching candidate for anybody who thought that they might have an opening. Mm-hmm. And then Alcorn State came back and nothing was the same up in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. Uh, and, th- and this time, you know, Pine Bluff going to the 14-10, playing very well. Only could score seven points in the, the second half total. That Alcorn defense really came to play. And Mr. Howard, Mr. Howard, uh, running back um, at Alcorn State, man, almost put, they almost put, what, 200, uh, 200 on them yesterday, man. It, it's Alcorn is back to being Alcorn. And then when you start talking about leaders in the West, man, they got to start in Lorman, Mississippi. Mm. Yeah, Charles Bishop, I think somebody told you that Howard was still running. Hey, oh, they turn the clock off. Uh, how will still be running? Twenty-four <laughs> carries, two hundred ninety-five yards. I mean, and and you think about it, Aaron Allen was only sixteen or twenty-one, eighty-five yards. So you know, I, I'm starting looking at the stats, and I'm just thinking, you know, poor UAPB defensive coordinator because schematically, what do you do? I mean, you walk another, you walk somebody else up into the box, and you still can't stop him from getting these big runs. And then Alcorn's defense, I think they had seven sacks yesterday. So, you know, for UAPB, I, I, you know, I, and I said this on Thursday, Doc, this, this is one of those games that if I'm going to take you seriously, you have to get, go into Alcorn and some type of way get this W. And I thought they were on that track, especially going into halftime, but uh, they eventually wore down a running game and defense will pound you out eventually. And that's what Alcorn did. 
Yeah, this tells you about – and I know they did a lot of work in the offseason, but you can tell that, uh, man, Alcorn just counted on them, and, uh, and they just – the dam finally broke. Um, and you talk about that matchup in a lot of ways. Let me go to you, Drew. We'll go off the map a little bit and go into the MEAC game of the week. It actually was a non-conference game, as you know, Delaware. Uh, MEAC doesn't start conference play until, like, mid-October. This was a top-five team, Delaware State, that has seemed to be improving. Thought they had a real chance in this matchup. Uh, they dropped the two and two as Merrimack Warriors, the historically white college, for those that may not know, improved the two and two overall and defeated that Delaware State team. 26 to 13, um, <clears throat> jumped out on them and just was able to be able to run the ball, it seemed like, most of the game. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup what, that featured Delaware State? Uh, did anybody out there who's listened to our podcast actually think that Delaware was at HBCU? We, we know they had to be a historically white college because, you know, it's not Delaware State. This is uh, this. I mean, this is this is bareback. Now, for Delaware State, unfortunately, they are who we thought they were. They've got two victories, one over Division Two opponent. One over a, a we don't know what their classification opponent is. So, I'm sorry, but for Delaware State, they are who we thought they were. They would come back to the pack. Delaware State is not anybody who I can take seriously right now as a contender in the in the MEAC. Because they, yes, they have they have a running game. The defense is improved, but I still don't think they are capable of getting to the top echelon in the BAC this year. Brian, anything further you wanted to add to that game that stood out to you in terms of Merrimack, Delaware State, or do you want to jump into that North Carolina A&T Aggie, South Carolina State? Uh, no. No, there's there's nothing to talk about. The Miak went one and four, and the one win was against uh, VUL. So bad weekend, <laughs> bad weekend for the Miak. Hey, congrats to NC Central still winning, but overall bad. Look, after all the flowers we gave them last week, they turned around and laid an egg on us. So you know, thanks Miak, Miakish. <laughs> so let's get into this other game that featured the Big South against, which was a formula MEAC squad Aggies that was struggling in a lot of ways, 0 3, including the loss to their uh, in state rival, North Carolina Central. Now they go to border war with South Carolina State Bulldogs. Buddy Pugh was looking forward to this game. He wanted this game and made, made a statement about looking forward to the matchup thinking that he had the horses in the barn to get it done. They were number three. I'm sure they'll fall from that. But North Carolina A&T State, similar as BJ opened the credits with and said, you know, you couldn't put the dirt on them yet because they kicked it back off at least. They improved to one and three just before they get in conference play against Campbell next week, which I think will be – I mean, Bryant next week, a new member of the Big South will be interesting. They defeat uh, South Carolina State at home. It falls to one and two on the season and pounded them 41 to 27. What were your thoughts, Brian? Oh, um, I, I thought you had said BJ. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what? Surprising me, I, I I did not know that this was, and you know, shame on me for not knowing going into it. Seventh straight win for North Carolina AT. So I'm a little surprised that Coach Pugh 
would call him out that way. I mean, I guess when you see a, a, a dog, I don't want to talk about kicking dogs, but I, I guess when you see a dog down. Kick an Aggie down. Yeah, you got an Aggie down, you want to keep an Aggie down. I, I know that's how we feel in Tallahassee. So, but still, you hadn't beat him in, you hadn't beat him in six times. So, yeah, you know, that, that was a – I, I, that's, that's a tough call, tough call. But again, like I said earlier, good win for A&T. Uh, hey, look, South Carolina State doing what they did last year. Remember, you're, you're HBCU national champion. Seven and, five. Yeah. seven and five, right? They did yeah. this last year. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they flip the script. They get in the conference. They win some games. And then they, you know, catch fire on the last game and then everybody crowns them. So I don't know, maybe they're on the run for another similar uh yeah. track, I, I guess. But and then and then we, we got Kendra Flowers in that game, Doc. I think that was huge. Uh I not knowing now that he was not in that game because the first thing that jumped out at me with AT and South Carolina State was Corey Fields throwing 49 times. And I yes. that just that stood out. Like yes it does. Yeah sure. you do not yeah. want Corey Fields throwing 49 times. I'm sorry. That that's not a good, you know, that's not the recipe. Sorry. What you, what you don't run is 12 yards of rushing on 22 carries by your entire yeah, team. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So that's Those what you are, don't don't want. All important points when you get in terms of that matchup. And South Carolina State would not be able to lick their wounds if you would next week they play South Carolina. So they're right. gonna go back into that hole as you talk about. Is that the third check game play? Of the year? The thing that may be a little different this year is you have North Carolina Central Eagles out there that seems to be improved. So it'll be interesting as that seems like the collision course everybody is looking at. But there's some other teams in the MEAC, Oregon State maybe, that says not so fast. There may be some uh, a trap house, as they would say in the rap game. Let's get into this last one before we take this last break. That's Prairie View on the road at Alabama State. Two new head coaches, two quarterbacks from Texas. They played for perennial program. Uh, this was a high school championship matchup when you feature these uh, quarterbacks, North Shore, mm. uh, um, in so many different ways. It's fascinating when you talk about what took place here uh, in terms of that matchup. Um, Charles and the other quarterback, obviously, home of Duncanville. First time in a lot of ways where Duncanville has to go to the college route to finally get the victory as <laughs> Prairie gets it done. Number nine, Prairie Bay and Panthers improved to two and two, two and oh, defeats number seven, Alabama State Hornets. They go to two and two and fall to 0 and one, 25 to 15. What were your thoughts in terms of this matchup, Charles? I see you got that information. I jumped out there with the high school. You like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Duckerville got the win. <laughs> uh, but I, I tell you what, uh, anytime you're able to go on the road uh, in this conference and, and get a W, that, that, that means something. And, and Prairie View, week to week, uh, they, they are a tough, football team, whether they're uh, throwing the ball around a little bit or, or putting the ball in the uh, uh, Mata Antoine's hands. Uh, but, you know, to be able to contain Demetrius Davis, and that was the thing I, I mentioned on Thursday, uh, whether he was going to play, whether he was back from injury. He was back from injury, and Purdue was able to go on the road and get it done. Uh, big shout-out to Purdue Nation on this one. This is a, a head-turning sort of win for me because I, I – I, Picked Alabama State in this win to protect the house at home, and and Prairie View was able to puncture that. Good one, good one. Let me sneak one in there, Brian Fulford, because I know you would ask it. That Alabama A and M FAMU game. Uh, Alabama A and M came in there question on offense, but they got some offense. Defense continued to play well in this game at least until late into the second half. 
Uh, but FAMU does what they do at home, and they won the game. What were your thoughts in terms of that bonus matchup featuring Alabama A&M Bulldogs and FAMU? Uh, key matchup in terms of the Eastern Division. I was really impressed with Alabama A&M offensively. Um, the, uh, they, they went with uh, – uh, oh, the quarterback's name escapes me right now. but Langford. Yeah, Langford, thank you. Yeah, they, they gave sort of a, uh, a pistol read option look to FAMU. And uh, they did a great job running the ball. I, I mean, there were times when they had FAMU defensively on their heels, almost, I don't want to say like shocked, but it, they just really seemed to catch FAMU on their heels defensively. And then it didn't help that FAMU struggled to get off to a good start. Uh, the first two drives went three and out. And while they're doing that, A&M, Alabama A&M is, is getting off to a good start. But you know, uh, uh, water finds its level, and uh, in Bragg Stadium, uh, you know, it eventually settles out. What A&M does not have is an elite defense, and they allowed uh, Jeremy Musa to have his first 300-yard passing game. Um, Xavier Smith, uh, Jamari Sharid, who was back full-time and healthy, he, he was the fastest man on the field, trust me. And so you combine Smith with Sharid, and and Musa, even though he he threw a lot and and he left some passes out on the field, he still he threw some dimes. I mean, some beautiful balls. Um, and you know, so Fam eventually put up. I think let's see, FAMU was actually down nineteen to seven at one point, and they ran off uh, 30, 30 something straight points, thirty one straight points. So uh, it's a good win, good win for FAMU. But A and M, I was really impressed offensively. They I just don't know what happened to all those defensive guys they brought in. I mean, look, they brought in a whole starting 11 plus. I don't know where, what those guys are doing over there on the defensive side of the ball. So, I thought they were pretty solid on the defensive side of the ball. I thought their inability to do anything offensively just tired out the defense in the second half. Defense made a couple of plays, stopped folks. But, you know, you continue to go three and out in the second half. I don't care how strong your defense is if um, you're putting your team in a bad position. The dam going to break. I thought it was more about that. I think the problem with the Bulldogs this year is just their inability to be consistent on the offensive side of the ball. Defense finally is what it should be in terms of solid. Quickly, I did want to go, Charles. I know I want to, we need to get this break in here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact of that Jackson State-Mississippi Valley game. Valley stuck in there hard, but uh, Jackson State has this thing in the second quarter where they just kind of go off the roads and uh, don't quite put the foot on the gas. In the third quarter, they just feel like, all right, we're tired of this. 600 yards? 600 mm-hmm. yards? Shador Sanders continues to be just, you know, amazing in terms of what he's able to do delivering the ball. And now Jackson State can run the ball. Offensive line has improved. Am I missing anything there, or, or is that – What's going on in Jackson as they continue to be number one and just seem to say, all right, catches in the game. Yeah, another slow start for, uh, for Jackson State, and, and that's something that uh, uh, Coach Prime uh, addressed at uh, halftime. But uh, when they make the adjustments, they put their foot on the gas, and that's what uh, happened in this game. Uh, first play of the game, pass out of Mississippi Valley, Caleb Johnson uh, breaks off. A huge run uh, that went for 50 yards, uh, but that was that was the highlight, 50-yard uh, run. You know, he ends up 11 carries for 65 yards. Uh, Jamar Jones had another big run during the course of the game, 42-yard run, uh, but he ends with 59 yards. So, you know, once they, they make 
what you see week to week with them is when they make the adjustments, they have the ability to kind of snuff teams out. And then uh, Mississippi Valley was not able to pass for anything. They were three or 12, only 36 yards. So uh, they, they made the adjustments. But what is a bit of a concern is uh, Jackson State leaves meat on the bone week to week. And that's something that you kind of keep in mind. Uh, another red zone opportunity uh, where they fumbled at the goal line. They had a couple of drops in the end zone. Uh, so the score probably is not indicative what, of what could have happened, but the score is what it is, 49-7. That's scary when you're putting up 49 points. Tom, you can leave meat on the bones. We, we putting up 50, 60. Let's get into our last break. We'll bring A.D. Drew and B.J. Jones back for their final thoughts in terms of some key, key matchups to look at next week. Let's get into our last break because we're going to get into that fourth quarter. Things are getting good as we get into conference play for the SWAC. Still into some non-conference big matchups for the MEAC, but it's quickly coming in terms of October, homecoming time. Then you're going to get Dr. Bill's midterm grades in a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I'll put that F squared in your life if you're not doing like you're supposed to. Let's get into this break as we come back to it, as we see B.J. Jones and the father's duty as he's getting uh, the queen ready for prime time in so many different ways. Let's get into this last break. Oh, thank you guys for what you do for HBCU Athletics. This is a fantastic avenue for, for, for all of us. This is our ESPN, so we, 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 we love what you guys do. Brian, AD, Roy, all you guys at BCSN, we really appreciate what it is that you guys, you guys do for us. Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. You're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. It's like a loop machine. All around town, trying to get down. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love that. And who the ball? Who the ball? So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bills inside the HBC Sports Lab. As BJ Jones wiped the sleep out of his eyes. We can see why. Great job, BJ. I'm going to start with you, man, since you got the, uh, all the 
sweetness right there in so many different ways doing what you're supposed to do. I love it. Tell me, what's some of the matchups you're talking about making sure people keep their eyes on next week? Oh, man. Uh, Bethune-Cookman going up to Alabama A&M. They got the big win yesterday uh, against mm-hmm. Grambling. Uh, if you're Alabama A&M, you uh, – 0-2 pretty much, pretty much eliminates you uh, from title contention in the SWAC. Uh, so that's that's going to be a very important game there. State Fair Classic, Grambling in the similar situation. Uh, Prairie View and uh, Grambling State Fair Classic next week. Uh, Grambling loses, man. You can pretty much write it. I think this is elim- elimination game uh, number one in the West. And then elimination game number two in the West goes go down in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Arkansas Pine Bluff visits Southern, both 0-1 in the conference. Uh, you, you take a loss there, you're pretty much done. So uh, those are my three to look at. Yeah, you're talking about those elimination games in week, in week two in terms of your second conference game, not week five. Boy, that's fascinating. Charles Bishop, what you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Mississippi Valley State and FAMU. Valley goes in the FAM. I know everybody looks at, looks at that as sort of a David versus Goliath matchup, but if you remember last year in Abena, uh, Valley and FAMU was in a complete dogfight. FAMU getting the win 31 to 28. And uh, that, that's one that I'm going to keep my eye on because one thing about Valley, I know the score is never indicative of it, but they just fight you to death. And Caleb Johnson uh, is just one of those hard to bring down running backs. And now they got a quarterback who is similar. He's a big build. Um, they didn't throw for much against Jackson State, but he broke a lot of tackles and was able to get away from quite a few sacks and had some speed to get around the edge. So, And Brian mentioned, you know, some issues with FAMU's defense. So it's just something to keep an eye on. I'm going to channel my inner mic from Brazil. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that's the battle that came down to Prairie View and got you into it. So great points when you make that. Um, Valley is that team that, in a lot of ways, it's hard to get up for. So yeah. as a coach, you understand they're going to fight you, but it's just hard to tell your team because the team is always like, oh, it's just Valley. And that's when you get punched in the mouth. So I think that's intriguing um, just to do that. But something about FAMU seems to be uh, different when they play at home. Jamari Jones, as he gets more reps uh, with uh, Valley's quarterback, he's going to be something to deal with because he, he has the ability to really uh, cause some havoc downfield with his leg. Brian, what you got for me? Well, Doc, uh, from the non-Division One level, you've got a big matchup, SIAC East. Benedict traveling to Fort Valley State. Um, you know, I don't know who scheduled Benedict for homecoming. Y'all, you know, Fort Valley folks must have thought that this was the Benedict team of the last few years that didn't have very many wins, but uh, – I, I, I got a feeling they're going to take this one kind of personally. The fact that, you, oh, you scheduled us for homecoming? Okay, let's go then. So, I mean, that's going to be one to, to watch out for. That should be a separation day uh, in the SIAC East. And then on the D1 level, how about North Carolina Central playing or traveling to Campbell, I believe. Now, look, Central is 4-0. and Campbell is 1-2. and Campbell's got all this hype, all this preseason hype. If I, I think Central and, and and look, Central will be an underdog going into this game for some reason. I'm telling you now, back up the truck as soon as the line comes out. Run to the teller, put it all on Central because I got a feeling they're going to Woodstock, curb stomp Campbell, and they just got I me. Mean, by the time Jackson State gets them, Campbell might just be Cam. I'm just telling you now. I'm, 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 keeping a, I'm keeping an eye on this one. I'm, I'm really keeping an eye on this one. I, I want to uh, get wait a chance to see number. Campbell up close. Yeah. 
I can't wait for the number to come out. I'm running to the teller right now. Yeah. And you wonder why Fort Valley scheduled uh, Benedict? They only had three home games on the schedule, Brian. Allen, back in early September, too early. You got Morehouse as your other home game. Morehouse going to bring a crowd, so you don't necessarily want to make that your homecoming game where you already go get a crowd. So it was Benedict by default. So that's why Benedict uh, was the uh, homecoming opponent. Just by points there, as but, Brian talks about the line, Jimmy Wilson jumps in here uh, earlier talking about that PV in Alabama State saying Las Vegas picked PV by six and a half. G. Boone Holly jumps in here and says, Vegas guessing they don't really know our teams on this level. Uh, man, that's nah, interesting. Bama, you talk about that, Brian. Bama State could have had numbers. that. I had Bama State should have had that. I I was sitting there watching that. I I had Bama State on the right side. The, the two fumbles cost Bama State. They should have won. They should have covered. I don't care mm. about winning. They should have covered that. I'm just saying. Well, I should have had hey, another field that, goal. That's, for why, no that's why you don't want to tell everybody about those lines. I'm coming to you, Drew, <laughs> but I wanted to jump in here, and I saw Charles Snick in there talking about he keeping his eye on that North Carolina a and I mean, North Carolina Central versus Campbell. Um, A&T, I'm sure they had an eye on it as that's the conference game. And then they travel to Jackson, Mississippi, for Jackson State homecoming. So it's interesting, uh, multiple lines, in case you do get that celebration matchup that features Central and Jackson State, that is a game that a lot of folks are going to try to look at common opponents and see if it can tell you anything. So that's fascinating there, uh, along with A&T after they get getting that win over South Carolina State. But let me go to you, Drew. Uh, for the matchups that you want to keep eyes on this week? Oh, first matchup I want to look at is Shaw traveling up to Virginia State. Not only is this an important game for for Shaw as they try to reclaim mm-hmm. their position in the CIAA South, but this is also important for the CIAA South as the upper teams in the South have had a trouble beating the upper teams in the North for the last five years. So, Shaw's not only doing this for themselves, but they're doing this for the whole southern half of the conference. Other game that I am looking forward to, it has to be uh, Miles traveling to Albany State. These teams, if I have my numbers correct, these teams have played five times over the last three seasons. Two times of the regular season, two uh, three times of the regular season, two times in the conference championship game. Albany State finally overcame that hurdle last year, defeating Miles at Miles last year for the championship game. But this is going to be their first preview of what could potentially be the SIAC championship game for the fourth year in a row. Ooh, good catch when you snuck that in there at the end. I like that. Way to do that, A.D. Drew. Um, Last one in there, I want to give a shout-out to Langston as they improve the 4-0. They have lines as they continue to make this run. Um, we continue to look at them, strong, independent program uh, at the NIA level. We want to see what they do all season. So I'm going to keep a buzz on them as they float around and continue to climb the chart. You know, it was late in last season where it kind of fell apart. I want to see them close it out this year. So we'll see what Langston does. That'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming from inside the lab, College of HBCU Sports, with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is on the road, supposedly in, uh, taking care of business, but somehow he made it to Brazil. I'm going to leave that right here. We had our two special guests uh, of the sports rap, Brian and AD. That's Brian Forford and AD Drew. 
Check them out this evening as they'll give you their latest and greatest for the long edition of what took place this past week. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. And you know where we come on Sunday morning to give you an update of what took place on Saturday right here, right now. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Bill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-H-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube, that's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big, continue to move forward as we talk. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse! Ryan? Lecture. AD? Dismissed. Burp that baby, BJ. <laughs> Make sure you got that tile on your neck. <laughs> hey, our special co-host, say I'm Jordan. <laughs>